The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Kick Pod. I am your host, TJ Williams, and if you haven't catched the first episode, catch it on BICBPRadioNetwork.com. So um, just for this episode, I want to get in depth of what, what's it like to be in a karate class. What's it like to be a martial artist? Well, you know, for one, it's it's definitely, definitely something that I... Um, really dreamed to be in because you know I grew up watching martial arts movies and um really try to imitate everything that the the actors do mostly Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, pretty much all those uh martial arts martial arts um actors that um, I really looked up to. All right, so pretty much I want to tell you what it's like to be in an actual karate class. Well, honestly, it's kind of an on and off day. You know, you never, you know, don't know what to expect. I mean, for, you know, I mean, for me, I mean, it's me coming out of school. You know, there's times that um I wouldn't, I don't, don't feel like taking class. But, you know, I, I'm in there just to get away from everything. Mostly, that's what martial arts means to me. It's just to get away from everyday life. I mean, putting on a new jack, different jacket, and doing something different. And well, <clears throat> and it's mostly things, doing things that I like and doing things I don't like. And definitely, you know, even either way, I mean, it's beneficial. I mean, I want to at least get better as a not only as a martial artist but as a person. You know. If you have like a, like, going, like having a bad, like, let's just say if your life's going downhill, I mean, what's the best way to do it? I mean, can you just go home and complain and just beat yourself up or just get away from, get away from everyday life and do something that's going to at least relieve stress? So that's pretty much the whole concept of martial arts going into a martial arts class well normally when you go to martial arts class what do you usually do yeah usually bow usually fall in and usually bow usually for my style we you know we bow to the american flag well depending on what country we're from because usually our organization and our style is worldwide so we got people from of course from the united states mostly from canada the mexico Norway, and I think we got places um out in Uzbekistan, and I think somewhere I probably in Japan, and mostly in Asia. You no, know, I know we get a, pe- a lot of people around the world to come come to take this style to <clears throat> really get the get the um the beauty of the Chuck Norris system. Hey. So basically, going to my favorite things when I do in class. I mean, one thing I like to do is self-defense. Mostly with self-defense, you know, somebody 
it's gonna there's gonna be people that like to put their hands on you you know you're gonna get those aggressive people that think they they're gonna beat you up and the chances are they're gonna put their hands on you so the thing about self-defense is you want to was working on fast reaction it's like they're it's like they're a hot stove you touch a hot stove and you know immediately your hand just like your hand just go off it's like you say ouch so pretty much that's how self-defense is you're getting grabbed you know one thing if you get get grabbed it's pretty much your fault that you get grabbed so the one thing you want to do when you're in self-defense you want to work on a fast reaction as soon as that person touch you you're you're reacting i mean you're clawing you're definitely slapping you don't want to worry about trying to take the arms off you want to distract them so you will will they take their mind off their their arm or whatever they doing and definitely yeah definitely training for real life situations i mean when you're walking out in public you know one thing you want to do same thing if you're driving a car is keep your eyes like moving you don't want to just look straight you want to look like multiple places I mean, you want to look all over the place you know you want to look behind you usually that's what i do and one thing never have your hands in your pocket i mean you want to be prepared for anything and one thing is safe distance and you know <clears throat> this coronavirus we're practicing social distancing mostly six feet mostly that's the probably the best way to um to um to have a conversation with somebody you want to be at least four to six feet away from them so you can see what they're doing i mean worse to have them up close than um do something stupid like i said grab on you or try to stab you or yeah that's the worst worst position you want you want you don't want them close range four to six feet away all right so especially if they're you don't know them and they just try to be slick you know i had that happen to me a couple times you know you know you got strangers asking me for rides and you know i i don't know them you know i like to be helpful and give them a ride but you know i am not that i am not giving no stranger off the street a ride no so i'm sorry to say but you know i like to be helpful i don't want to give any stranger a ride because i don't know what they're they don't carry it they could say anything but that's just me and definitely the thing about self-defense is creativity i mean you gotta have more than one option to get out of a situation i mean somebody grabs you you can't just do the same thing you just gotta at least be creative and just try to figure out ways to get out and that's how i am you know somebody grabs me i mean i want to be creative i want to at least hit all the targets mostly the eyes the eyes the ears the jaw the ribs the solar plexus the groin definitely want to get to those um targets to make sure i escape and one thing about self-defense is you don't want to treat it like a lengthy fight you want to like get out of there you just your goal every day is to go home and if you got some idiot out there or say some stranger thinking that they're going to attack you and you know they're preventing your way of getting home 
I mean, you want to get out of there. You don't want to treat it like a lengthy fight. No way. Another form of self-defense that we do in class, I mean, which is interesting, is we call it one steps. Basically, this is going from somebody grabbing you, from somebody trying to knock you out. Throwing a single punch. It could be like a haymaker or a straight jab. So with this, it's the same, same scenario. You're reacting. You're reacting, trying to block a single strike. Trying to block or dodge. I mean, that's pretty much what you want to do with um, um, <clears throat> one steps. And definitely another thing, yeah, being consistent with different options. I mean, it's a real-life situation. Somebody's trying to knock you out. I mean, this is not like a competition. Like, usually with competition, they're they're focused on points. Right? So, definitely for those who are want, or want to fight... I mean, I would take a box, boxing, boxing, kickboxing, or MMA. I mean, if you're just want to do martial arts, then I mean, don't expect you're gonna learn to fight. You're gonna learn how to be a decent person. You know, here's the same: martial arts doesn't teach you how to fight; it teach you what not to do. Mostly, you want to control a situation when it comes to self defense. You know, you got this aggressive person. Of course, um, you know you don't know what problems they have, and they're attacking you. You know, really, they they're pretty much envious. They're hungry, not as like they want something to eat. They just want what you have, and then definitely they'll do anything to give it. Get it? They'll try probably kill you, probably beat you up, do whatever they can. And as people that learn self defense, like martial arts, even me. It's my job to control the situation. My job is to go home. I'm not worried about fighting anybody. I don't have. I don't want a problem with anybody. I don't have a problem with anybody. But my goal is to go home, and I say this to uh, to kids and uh, kids and adults alike. Your goal is to go home. You work a, a eight eight hour job, and you're tired. You don't want any drama. You just want to be home. Be home safe with your family and, well, whoever you live with. And you want to at least wake up to a, another good day. And like I said, usually if you go to cry, it's an on-off day. And, you know, you, you go to cry to relieve that stress. And another thing, of, of course, with uh, One Steps is creativity. I mean, you if you, like, watch uh, mostly Bruce Lee movies... You know, with, with one steps, I mean, you're going to learn traditional, how you do it traditionally. With traditional one steps, um, somebody throws a punch at you, you're going to do a traditional block. You're doing things, you're going to learn how to do things years ago. Versus doing things, how to, how to do things now. Usually how we do things now, we call them rapid fire one steps. It's like somebody throws a punch at you, you're reacting quickly within, like probably... Within five seconds. See, that's the thing with self-defense. You've got five seconds to get yourself out of there. You want to... Well, definitely, that's your time limit. I mean, you got, you got to get yourself out of there like less than five seconds. At least a half a second. That's the reacting. I mean, the moment the person tries to attack you, the five seconds has... The, it started. The, the seconds has started. All right, so you want to get out of there as quick as possible. 
Hey, another thing I like to do is bag work. You know, the thing that I like to do is flying kicks. You know, mostly that, that you pretend like you're Bruce Lee or even Luke Kane with the flying kicks. But the one thing about bag work is mostly conditioning. I mean, that's another thing about martial arts. You want to be really well conditioned. At least build your conditioning. I mean, a lot of people, when they go in the martial arts, they have no no conditioning, no coordination. And, you know, it gets frustrating. I know. But, you know, you want to get a good workout. And definitely work on hitting hard. I mean, that's what the one thing. You want to work on building those muscles, hitting the hard target. And that's how when we are teaching or learning traditional techniques, we learn how to develop our muscles. That's the thing with traditional stances, a traditional, a traditional punch, all other strikes. We're working on how to really like position our hand when we're throwing a punch. And pretty much that's uh, that's it with um, bag work and also weapons. I mean, the most common weapon that we use in karate mostly is the bow staff. And mostly it's a long stick. I mean, that's pretty much the weapon that we were um, trained to use. Any other weapon, I mean, we we would put, we would learn how to use nunchucks or commas or maybe even a sword. But most commonly, the weapon that we use is the the bow staff. We learned um, traditional kata with that. And then we do something called a standardized bow form, which means we have the, well, Definitely, is we're gonna need a lighter bow. It's working on like quick, quick um, figure eights um type. It's like swinging a bow. I mean, if you actually seen the bow kata, then you would know what I'm talking about. And uh, just uh, something that you want to um, think about when you're doing martial arts: what type of weapon you're gonna use. And moving on to my least favorite things: sparring. I mean, I don't like sparring mostly, mostly because the fear of losing or getting hit, you know, especially when you're going to get somebody that's highly trained in sparring. I mean, the type of people that know how to wait and if they see it open, they'll get you. And that's when, when I, that's when I, when I go to tournaments, I try to avoid that, um, that, uh, that division, that, um, that event. Well, mostly I do it anyway, just, you know, just the just get that experience but you know sparring is my least favorite you know really i mean i'm not trying to be an animal you know that's that's pretty much a um for those that like fighting that's that's something that they probably would enjoy to do sparring but normally before sparring you gotta learn like the basics you know people are so quick to learn how to fight that they don't think about the basics the basics of true martial arts Martial arts is all about always about fighting. You know, you want to have a, a a clear conscience and be a well organized person. And the, you know, the thing about sparring, you get tired easily. It's like you want to how people in boxing, like the great boxers, like really stick it out. I mean, you really have to train, really be conditioned in martial arts to do sparring. Hey. And going on to instructors, instructor-wise, I mean, you're going to have those instructors that are, f like, f 
definitely fun people. And you're going to have those um, instructors that are hardcore. So moving up the ranks, you know, it was, you know, I had the first instructor I had was, he's a pretty cool instructor. He still teaches today. I mean, well, I can't say surprisingly, but really, it's real great that he still teaches. And, you know, and I always tell the um, students that are either starting or coming up, and he usually would brag about me, saying them. Yeah, they would like ask the student, "Do you know who my?" Do you, like when they say, "Do you know who who was who's who was my instructor?" He was just point to him. You know, really, they just that would would probably be an example. I'd probably be the greatest example for that instructor. To at least tell the students that I worked hard from him teaching me to where I'm at now, and you know. Definitely, other than him, you know, I have um, the the owner, the um, the master instructor. Yeah, pretty much I figure from, he's a, fire, a father figure. I mean, if I have any problems, I go to him. You know, really, there's definitely adventures that I would have with him. Like one, like say, pretty much I'm approaching my, like, my first year testing for my fourth degree and I can remember the road trip that we went to traveling traveling from my hometown Niagara Falls to Boston I mean really going the midnight shift or should I say the swing shift going driving from 12 midnight to 7 o'clock in the morning to Boston missing two exits luckily there were no deer out there but that was just a, a trip you know me in the Passenger seat, trying to concentrate on my job on the fourth degree. And, you know, I'll get in depth with that in another episode of mostly black belt tests. Well, mostly the structure of black belt tests. And I'm um, looking through my notes here and I'm um, just to... <clears throat> well, definitely, definitely, that's the thing about instructors like learning from more than one person to enhance to enhance your training usually that's what I do I had a lot of instructors other than the first one and my master instructor you know you have other black belts and we do something called the practice class or a drill class you know I <clears throat> had plenty of um instructors there ones that I like and ones that I hate I mean mostly the ones that I hate don't last very long then they, uh, I mean, one in particular. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, one in particular that I don't think highly of. Um, at least I don't say nothing bad about him be because um, he was neighbors with my late uncle, and you know, and I'm not gonna mention names, but you know, I'm better than this, you know. And like I said, with instructors, you know, they, things are differently, things are said differently because people have a different way they think. I mean, usually people have a way of um, thinking or have a way of um, learning. Usually, <clears throat> your visual, you can see it. You learn by seeing. You see what, how the technique is done. And then, of course, people are good by listening. They listen to the exact words and visualize what how to do it. 
and uh, and they, sometimes they can see it, but they definitely they would hear the instructor explain how the instruct how the technique is. And usually they can guide you by you can say, yeah, you can get in the stance and you can like step and say step forward and you throw a punch and you aim it for the soapbox. You can visualize it, and mostly by feeling, you feel the technique. You know. If you know if you're doing right, you know if you're using the right muscles. Mostly that's how it is, you know. If you're using the wrong muscles, then you won't feel it. Right, so that's pretty much three ways people learn. Yeah. Mostly I like to take you to a journey to my like my first degree black belt test. And you know, here I am, like the first Q first gup, that's what we call it. The first Q first gup. It was mostly for it it was a red belt with a black stripe with a black trim so usually we call that double black but that's how it was first cue definitely I like to go through my like the pre-test so before any black belt test we do a pre-test so with me I had to like do a pre-test to see if I'm ready for the actual test this is around when I was a senior in high school yeah, this is yeah, around this time. Around two thousand four. Yeah, and I was just getting into high being getting into high school as a senior. And you know, going through that um red belt test, you know, I'm going through everything that um I've I was taught and like doing my thing and just like sticking it out. And yeah, it was a workout. And, you know, the one thing I was worried about is just passing out. But you know, I did okay, and you know, and just and that's and the thing about pretests, you know, you're not just graded by your your master instructor. You're graded by different regional instructor in, instructors. You know, we're broken in different regions. Well, right now I'm in Region Eight. You know, we're broken up into West Virginia, Niagara Falls, New York, Corning, New York, and Boston, Massachusetts. So that's that's our um, regional group. So they pretty much have to see see the test, the pretest, and usually have to get like a an like a majority of the vote to pass. You know, if they a majority of them pass you, then you test for the real. Then you go for the real test, and pretty much from there. I was gotten. I got a call from my uh, master instructor saying that I passed the pretest, and um, I was elected to take my first degree black belt test. And surprisingly, it was after a football game. And like, really, I shouldn't even even play the football game, but you know, it was homecoming. You know, it was like my last homecoming game, or it was my last time I'm gonna be playing football in the homecoming stadium. And, uh, you know, I played the game, you know, luckily I didn't get hurt. And then, of course, um, here I am the another the day after, or because the next day, Black Belt Test Day, here I am uh, taking the Black Belt Test. You know, it was like real tough, you know, balancing school, football, karate. You know, mostly with football, it was four to five times a week in for two months. 
and then you know you got karate twice a week and schoolwork you know it was exhausting but you know I pulled through it and then luckily I had the opportunity to do the black belt test and luckily nothing was going on later on that day other than the homecoming dance which was later on at night so the things happened early in the morning like nine o'clock it was me and three other guys and two of them were from my school and then you got one from canada yeah yeah canada like we said we're world, we're worldwide we get people from around the world and like there's them definitely the test started usually we would start with katas traditional katas you know we usually do six to seven katas and um yeah, and that's usually we go by order. So luckily, I think I was either second or third, like getting out the way. And of course, um, after that, we had traditional hands and feet techniques, mostly hand strikes, blocks, and kicks. And from there, jump kicks, which, like I said, was my favorite to do because, you know, really, I like to do the jump kicks. And then we move on to one steps. That now was my favorite too, so I know I ate stats. And the thing I didn't know about, we had to have a partner before beforehand, but which I didn't. But things worked okay, you know. I had somebody <clears throat> fresh out of the audience to work with me one steps, and then of course the one I hated, the last part was sparring. <clears throat> and you know, but definitely that's part of the test. You know, is to really test your endurance. How long can you go? And luckily, we went like I think we did two two minute rounds, and then um, of course that was it because we had to fight everybody. And then after all that was done, and then we had to wait. And for me, you know, definitely we had all the board the testing board members like gather in the room, just like like comparing notes, and then from there. You know, I was called in the office by my master instructor and, you know, I was just um, butterflies in my stomach. I know if I pass. And of course, I had my mother with me at that time. And then, uh, of course, I go in the office and he said, said to me, Were you, are you able to test for second degree next year? And, you know, I was just perplexed. I didn't know what he was talking about. And then, of course, my mom sitting, standing next to me says, like, was like, yes, like she was like really happy about it and then for me then I knew I passed that test it was just the greatest moment to be in the black belt and of course here I am stepping out of the office hugging my mother and uh and I go back to the room that they were testing and then I raise my hands up yes and then everybody applauded and it's like yes and then after that after everybody was told that they passed um we did our belt presentation and yeah it's like really it's like I had to take my red belt off put it around my neck and from there uh, he, my master instructor um, put my black belt on a black belt I still have still today because it's kind of faded out 15 years of having a black belt and you know and definitely pretty much that's the story of a black belt test and of course the aftermath of course spreading the news getting phone calls and of course, um, definitely going to the homecoming dance. 
and you know telling people in my school that uh i was a black belt and that was pretty much great and uh oh yeah that was the greatest moment you know i know this is pretty much a short one but you know definitely that's the great thing about being in the karate class you know you feel good about it you feel good about after having a hard day and you know you go home and you know you definitely think about your next day you know that's how it is with um your journey and the thing about your journey is you got so many jackets in your closet that you wear and you you don't think you think about what you are before you wear the jacket but when when you wake up and when you go to sleep you think about what you are what you are is what you're born as and what your brand as you either are a sibling or somebody's children a parent a husband and wife aunt and uncle like grandparents a friend or or just a, a regular person i mean you want to think about that every time I mean, there's no other you than me. If the jacket that you put on every time doesn't respect who you are, then get rid of that jacket. Throw it away. It's not that's not your type of jacket. I mean, every type of jacket should respect who you are. And definitely, you want to really think about that every time you wake up. What, what you are. Alright? And then just a little... Heads up on what's going on in life today. I know everybody still is living in tough times with this coronavirus situation going on. And um, sometimes we forget who we are. I mean, you know, other than being a dedicated martial artist, you know, I strive to be a dedicated instructor. It's challenging when you have to be careful what this what you do and say especially not in the karate class but out in public you know you're out and you're on stage when you're out in public and you have a reputation and you know it's challenging but being a dedicated being dedicated means i mean you you care you care about kids and about kids future and about yourself mostly for me, because people that I train with, as I move out to the ranks, I see potential in them. I thought they could be decent black belts, but, you know, they either quit and do something terrible to themselves. Like, really, you know, getting, like, drugs, violence, you know, it's a hard thing to say, but, you know, it happens. You know, I would hate to see them get, get put in jail or do something that they shouldn't do or they quit due to other obligations and you know you know we have family to take care of i know that's the most important thing you want to do but you know family is important and you know other than you know i should say karate is not for everybody but you know karate is not forever i mean you get your black belt and you just go on with your life i mean you go to college you want to make a future for yourself. You know, if, with me, you know, cry is my future. You know, it's something I can do. Something I can really, like, use to help get kids off the streets. Because you, if you don't have something to do with yourself, what's the thing you do? You go on the streets. You try to survive. You know, you forget what your parents 
try to tell you about being an educated person and you, that's something that you want to think about i mean it's either you're good someplace else or you're out in the street i mean that's the way life is and you know with honestly i just want to be as helpful as anybody i know i may not be a doctor a firefighter or any essential worker but i'm willing to put my two cents in with what i truly know already what i'm truly good at and that's what i'm great with karate and that's why i like to be helpful with it you know i can't be i can't help people get a job no i can't save somebody from a heart attack well you know but you know what i can do is i can help brighten their day i mean make them feel good make them feel like they're important and you know Everybody can be essential. Every anybody can be useful, essential or not. So you want to think about that when you're out in public, and definitely it's it's good that these um schools are doing virtual classes. And you know, right on this week, I'm glad to be back to teaching. I mean, I don't. I'd rather not be behind a computer, seeing my students. I'd rather be in there, like, I would be with my students in person i want to see them like eye to eye i don't want to be hiding behind a computer that's not me i want to teach while everybody's in there that makes me feel powerful you know and at least with them doing the job doing the work i do the work too so all right so so that's it with my episode and um so tune in Tune in next time for another episode of the Kick Pod, and I hope everybody's being safe out there and um, really keeping themselves busy. So, tune in to um, the Kick Pod on BIC BP Radio Network dot com or Spotify, and um, I'll see you next time. You hear any new podcasts lately? Yeah. Like what? Um, like Hardly Kayfabe. Hardly Kayfabe? What's that? Hardly Kayfabe is a professional wrestling podcast on the network where, actually, hey, you're a host of them. Oh, that's right. I am. Myself, Johnny Townsend, and Matt Johnson all co-host Hardly Kayfabe. The professional wrestling podcast of the network found on BICVP-radio.com. Have you ever listened to it? I've listened to it and I've actually guessed it on it. You guessed on it? I have. That's fun. 
Do you like wrestling? I really love wrestling. So if you love wrestling, you would love this show. Hardly kayfabe. I think Chris is a robot.